Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And today we are wrapping up our When Karma Strikes Back dun, week. Dun, dun. And I'm loving it. Well, I like this. We might have to do like a double, another like karma part two. We can piggyback. Yeah. We can. Yeah. We can. Do, it's our show. We can do we whatever. Can do we, what we want. We can talk about tiny rat titties if we want to. Yes, it is can. our podcast. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> Until someone writes us and says, please leave the rat tits out of it. Could you not say rat titties? <laughs> You know it's coming, but and we the, apologize. At the same token, I don't know. Think about it for a second. It's kind of kind of cute and gross and all disturbing. The same time. And the, what I'm picturing isn't cute, but they but have to have them. They do. It's a fact of life. Yeah, and nurse those little babies somehow. Yes, they do. Anyway, it's <laughs> Any, not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> there are no rats in my case. I apologize for who we are. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> but I, I'm but I'm glad some I, people love us out I, there to apologize for being the way that I am <laughs> and also that the universe brought us together as friends poor God is up there right now going why he's like I'm it was, good I was having an off day that yeah. day <laughs> he's like I'm good but did I overdo it yeah. I don't know <laughs> they're funny I'll give them that. was a wild year <laughs> he's, he's like I was under a lot of stress right. okay what can I say <laughs> shoot so, we are here to talk about the tragic murder of Michelle Marie Mart- Martinko. Okay. Possibly Martinko. I heard it two different ways mm. in documentaries. Okay. Yeah, well, and that's always hard. So, I'm just going to call her Michelle. She All was, right. She was beautiful. She was born October 6, 1961. And this case actually happened all the way in 79, but it was recently solved, which is why I wanted to bring Ooh. it. And like our ca- like our theme is of karma's a bitch, and if you'll recall from Sunday's episode, our victim actually helped solve her own case with her fitness yes, app, with the app tracker. Mm-hmm. Michelle, badass bitch, does it too. It took 40 years. Oh, but she helps she, solves her own hey, case as well. I love. Tell me, this is some like advanced technology coming into yep. play. Yeah, I love it when because we see we've seen this happen quite a bit. I know technology's advancing. We're getting DNA. We're getting. And do you, know, you hope like so many of our unsolved cases that we've covered? I can't <gasps> wait to follow be able ups. to bring the follow up of some DNA laid some hammer shit down. Oh, absolutely. So oh, that'll be so exciting. It will, because we're going to do this till we die. So if, eventually. Absolutely. We'll be senior citizens. Yes. Like this just in. My cheese just <laughs> fell out. Hold on. Breaking news. <laughs> I can't wait. No, I really do. I hope yes. some of these unsolved ones, especially the ones that we've recently covered, like I still, they haunt me. Mm-hmm. Like we need to get them I'm unsolved. Hoping those D- or solved. DNA. Solved. We need to get them solved. Hoping that DNA will... Do we'll that. Be yeah. doing it for more people like it did for Michelle here. So we're going to, Michelle actually was the youngest of two daughters to Albert and Janet. She attended Cedar Rapids, Kentucky, uh, excuse me, Cedar Rapids Kennedy High School. She was a, an above average student. And her, like any interviews done with her school personnel just raved about her. She was a really talented performer. She was actually on the twirling squad. Oh, that would have been so much fun. Yeah. She was in the choir and theater productions. She was really artsy that way and just performative. And that's amazing. She sounds like all the things that like I wanted to do, but didn't have the coordination to do. Like twirling would not have been good for me. Well, and this is the, and the thing is, is that she didn't have like a close tight knit group of friends, but she was super, super beautiful. Mm. And being a performer and whatnot, it's thought that there was a lot of jealousy over haters. Yes, not only her beauty, but she always had really nice, stylish clothes. She always had a boyfriend. There was a lot, a lot of green envy going on okay. around her. Mm-hmm. So that's why didn't have like best friends. She just had 
friends in school. She did really, really well in school. She got along really well with her teachers. But so like triple threat, mm-hmm. talented, beautiful, and smart. smart. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Sometimes you're God's favorite, and sometimes you're Charnel and Amber. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Michelle was actually a senior in high school when she was murdered. Uh, she had plans to attend Iowa State University, and she wanted to study interior design. Oh, that makes sense with everything you've told me. She's like artsy and yes. you know creative. Yes, creative. Thank you. That's a great word. I saw that mentioned of her as well too. On the evening of December 19th, 1979, Michelle had actually attended a banquet for the Kennedy Concert Choir at the Sheridan Inn in Cedar Rapids. So she was wearing this black jersey dress with a black scarf, black tights and heels. She had a waist-length white and brown rabbit fur jacket on. OMG. It sounds beautiful. It is beautiful. There is pictures out there of it, actually. It was Fancy. Oh, it sounds really fancy. She was dressed to the nines, looking hot. And and a little fur, like a faux fur. With the black dress. It actually doesn't say that it is faux. It might have been made from actual rabbits. I hope it's faux. We're going to go with faux. We're going to say faux, even though this is the 70s and they didn't value rabbit Uh, life. I know. So cool. We do today. Still fancy. We've got... Yeah, yes. we, get, we got it. And then it. she has this brown leather purse. I love that she, back then, like she is. She's doing black and brown. Yeah, thank you. Love I knew it. you'd know where I was I going with that. I love me some black and brown. Me too. And to, in today's world, it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. But back then, she would have been pushing the fashion limits. Absolutely. Yep, People yep, yep. probably were like, Ugh. That's why she had haters. Me. Yeah. After the event, she had asked her friend and twirling squad teammate if she wanted to join her on a shopping trip to the Westdale Mall which was actually a new mall in the area. And Michelle actually worked at it. Her friend was like, no, I can't. So she went ahead and went alone carrying $180 with her. Now, the $180 was actually because her mom had put a winter coat on layaway for her. And Uh so she was going to go and pay the coat off. You know, she was kind of thinking too, like, I'm in this outfit and... Other people got to see it. I need to be seen. Right. New mall it is because everyone's going to be exactly. there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's what I would have thought. 100%. So, and she's like, and, you know, two birds because I've got this I money. This I need coat. to go get my, my coat, mm-hmm. my non-fancy fur coat. Mm-hmm. Although for $180, it still sounds like it's pretty fancy. Probably pants. a nice coat. Yeah. I don't own a coat that's $180. So I don't just, either. I will throw that into the universe, but mostly because I'm a slob and I would ruin it. So, and I'm a <laughs> sports mom, so you can't sashay into a gym. I mean, you could a fancy coat because everybody's like, "Who's this bitch?" Thinks she is. Now I just want you to like. (laughs) I need you to do this with with some high heeled shoes on, and I'm just tink 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 tink. Could you do like the cigarette thing, like Cruella, like the long stick? But I have nothing in my hands. (laughs) Yeah, just just that faking it the whole time. Yeah, and and so it shall be. Right, right. Let's make a TikTok. We will. To hop back on the train here, because we got a little derailed. We we did. So here she is. She goes to to get this coat, and she decides, you know what? This actually isn't all that I thought it was after all. So she does not pull the get the coat off a layaway. She puts it back into stock, so she still has the $180. Now, once there, she decides to peruse the store. She speaks with some of her friends and coworkers. I mean, she knows all these people because she works at that mall as well. Uh She's last seen at about 8 or 9 there's some confliction there. So I'm just going to say between 8 and 9. And she was outside of a jewelry store in that mall. At about 2 a.m., she still had not returned home. So her father is freaking yeah. and reports her missing. He begins searching for her, and as did the police. At 4 a.m., same day, police find Michelle's family's tan and green 1972 Buick Electra in the northeast corner of the mall parking lot by a J.C. Penny, Michelle was found inside, collapsed over the passenger seat, and she had been stabbed to death. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah, so sometime between, you know, 9 o'clock at night at the latest uh-huh. and 4 a.m. when the police find the vehicle, she is, is stabbed to death. She was stabbed 29 times in her face, neck, and chest. Her hands had defensive wounds. And police said that these defensive wounds showed that she had really fought back against her attacker. Good for her. And 
there was actually no blood outside of the car. So they believe the medical examiner later estimated that she had died between 8 and 10 p.m., but it was inside the car. The attacker was in her car. Like waiting for her. her. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Biggest I hate, fear. I agree. I actually I did a quick. Night. I know. I did a quick uh, sweep of my car a couple nights ago. Did you? Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm checking the hatchback. I know. Back. You know what my actual fear is, is looking in the rearview mirror and seeing somebody's face looking back yes, at me. Yes, I know. That's Holy what I envision. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do a quick check. Yep. Two, yep. three, and we're good. And sometimes depending on what's in my backseat, it like I'll glance real quick and it looks like a face <laughs> and then I about void myself right there in the front seat. And then I'm like, chill. Yeah. That is too, your too Hobby Lobby crime. bag, you moron. And my thing is too, like when I do my sweeps, I'll be damned if you're going to catch me off guard. We're do- If we're doing it, we're doing it. And I will face it. Like, you will not right. sneak I'm, out. Right. If, I'm in looking my under sleep. my car. Or, yep, <laughs> in the, yep, you will not jump out when yeah. I'm driving. So I always do the sweep first because we're not doing this Mm-mm. behind the wheel. I am already <laughs> questionable enough behind the wheel. For sure. So I don't need someone attacking <laughs> yep. me, too. Yep. Anyway, back on the train. Right. Toot, toot. <laughs> so... They so that had been determined. She's in, you know, this person was in her vehicle oh waiting for her. It really gives me chills thinking now, about it. The murder weapon was sharp pointed, but it wasn't definitively a knife necessarily. Okay. This is the medical examiner. And the examiner really could not determine the size because of the way that Michelle was moving and fighting back when the stabbing was happening. Uh-huh. So it was essentially making every there was nothing like consistent consistently one size you know it's there's like small tears in the skin and that those sorts of things so oh my gosh now the murderer had left no fingerprints which led police to believe that they had worn gloves a police spokeswoman said that everyone's instinct is to say that it was a guy but they're not really sure of the gender of the killer at this time well and the face the face and chest like that to me I mean, we go, that brings me back to the jealousy, Mm -hmm. like this is personal, you're going for the face. The psychology of it today, absolutely. I could be off, but. This is exactly where it kind of leads in the case, and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Based on the amount of money that was found in Michelle's purse, though, they were like, this wasn't a robbery gone wrong. They did not rob her. Oh, so the money was still there. Yeah, the money is still there. She was fully dressed. The medical examiner determined that she had not been sexually assaulted. So police considered the killing to be personal in nature yep. based on the number of lo- and the location of the stab wounds. I mean, like waiting, you said. waiting in the car for yeah. her to come back and Knew just it. killing Think her, it was it. personal. Knew it was her car. Mm-hmm. There's no robbery. There's no sexual assault. I mean. Stabbing in the face because she mm-hmm. was really pretty. Yep. Oh, yeah. Exactly. The Can initial- I make a prediction? Sure. Because we know who the killer is, right? We do now. Okay. Female. No. No. Okay. No. It's really going to throw you for a loop. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. I'm going to shut up now. Now. Are you sure? No. No, I'm not. (laughs) I can't promise anything. Do not lie to us on this podcast. (laughs) Um, But wait. No, I'm just kidding. During the initial investigation, Detective Harvey Denlinger, and I don't know why I like saying it, but I like saying it. It's fun. He was the lead detective on the case, and there were some leads that had kind of appealed to to him, and they actually had asked the public for tips. About a week after her murder, more than 200 people had responded to the tip line. So they're kind of going through those things. Now, they began, of course, with the people that Michelle had been known to date, Andy Seidel and Mike Wyrick. Police interviewed the interviewed them. They interviewed numerous people. There were several people that were cleared of suspicion through the use of a polygraph. I mean, they're like really looking uh-huh. into all these people. There was a person that was found carrying a knife that was interviewed and ruled out in her murder that was a shopping center employee who had told poli- police that he enjoyed following wi- women and oogling store mannequins. Odd. So he's like, I enjoy following women and I carry this knife and I like to look at the shiny skin of a mannequin he's like listen but i'm no murderer <laughs> i don't mean to laugh but right i laughed like, when i read guys, that like, i like to stalk women like, i'm a weird creep and i carry this knife but, but i'm not a murderer how dare you i know i am i am offended 
Thank you. Love me a mannequin or two, right. but I am not a murderer, sir. I indecently expose and rub mannequins in shopping departments, but I do not murder women. So rumors begin to circulate. Some thought that um, she had been receiving harassing phone calls before her death, but the police are like, no, we really just think that this is all rumors. Another rumor emerged that a second stabbing had happened in the following days that the police were keeping secret, which the police still to this day deny. So, I mean, it's, you know... <laughs> You know how rumors will do their thing. Oh, absolutely. How the rumors room. I wonder. Just... I always wonder how they start because someone originates the rumor, and it's like, I know. What? Like, why? Where does this? How does this happen? It's so, and it happens every time. It does. For some time, a prime suspect in her murder was Dennis Lee McKee, who had the month before broken into a Cedar Rapids home, raped a woman at knife point, and threatened to kill her children. He was never charged with Michelle's murder, and he denies the accusations, but. As we mentioned at the beginning of this, DNA does come back around. They do, years later, um, clear him through the DNA. It is it is not him. So it's not him. At the initial time of the evidence in the car, they didn't have a way to test it, but they did get DNA off from the gear shift of the steering column and from Michelle's dress. And at the time, they could only identify it as male DNA. Nothing further. Okay. They basically just, like, put it away, like, Okay, yep. this kind of narrows it down that way. So the um, the Dennis Lee McKee that I had mentioned earlier. Yes, yep. In 2012, he was actually serving a life sentence for an unrelated attack, and he died in prison from colon cancer. Oh, okay. So, and he was not ever, like, linked again to this case, right? He wasn't. It's They ruled him out once the DNA that does eventually link the right person to it happens. Okay. That's when they roll him out. But in 2012, at the time that he died, they were like, that could They're have like, been maybe him. Maybe it was him. Mm-hmm. Now, controversy arose five months after the murder when a woman was driving by the mall parking lot in the early hours of December 20th, came forward with information. She had looked into the parking lot as she drove by to check for her daughter's car because her daughter worked in the mall and she wanted to make sure that that her daughter was still there. The woman told her information to the daughter of the Secretary of Public Safety Commissioner and believed that it would be passed on to the police if it was important. Unfortunately... The public safety commissioner never passed it on to the police. So it wasn't until months later when they reissued a call for any information connected to the murder that detectives considered that that the detectives learned of this information. So at that time, they actually considered charging the commissioner with failure to pass along the information, but no charges were actually pursued. Um, I would say that's a fair consideration. Yep, because they were able to get like a composite sketch. Based on the on information this informa- that this woman had. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. What was the information? She just, just the um, like she saw the person in the mm-hmm. car or something. Yep. Uh, she described a white man in his late teens or early twenties, around six feet tall, weighing one sixty-five to one seventy-five pounds, brown eyes and curly brown hair. And, so, and he was in her car or near, just around near the vehicle. Okay, mm-hmm. near that actual vehicle. Okay, so, so she- yeah. Pertinent information. So she was like, mm, I don't know if this is anything, but I'm like letting you know that this guy's out here. Yes. Kind of thing. So this happens in December 1979, and it was June 19th, 1980, that they were able to release that composite sketch. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that was important information. She thought it was going to be passed along. It was not. And that was before they knew of the murder, right? She had called that in like, hey, this is suspicious or. The very first time that they, like within a day after the murder that they had that tip line and they um, called in, you know, um, they were and they got the 200, you know, tips and all this stuff. They were like asking the public for help, essentially. She she was like, she talked to the, the public safety commissioner, gave that information and it was never passed along. Oh my gosh, that's even worse. So then, <laughs> right. That's then, even worse than what I was thinking. Then months later, the police come forward again and are like, hey, if you have any information, can can people come forward? And she was like, yeah, I have a description. Why hasn't it been released? And they connect the dots. Oh my gosh. I was thinking like together. maybe he 
it was before the murder and the the guy was like, eh, you know, Mm -mm. but this is after the murder. And that was was like really valuable. And it was very valuable the night of. And he's like, I mean, she saw this person by her car the night of the murder. Oh my goodness. Because she was looking for her daughter's vehicle. Sir, please get another job. Right? So now we're going to go on to kind of the cold case details because as time goes on, unfortunately, the case grows cold. By the mid-1980s, Michelle's father filed a lawsuit against the Orn against the owners of the Westdale Mall and claimed negligence in not providing reasonable security on the night of the murder. But the case was appealed and eventually um, decided by the Iowa Supreme Supreme Court in favor of the mall owners. Michelle's father, Albert, died in 1995. Her mother, Janet, died in 1998. See, that always makes me sad because they didn't get to have their answer and as we find out later that her parents actually die believing that it was her um boyfriend really yeah in 2006 this is 27 years after her killing a new cold case investigator working for the cedar rapids police department received a tip connected to the case now although the tip did not lead to any suspects the investigator discovered what he believed to be the killer's blood while he was reviewing the case files so he's like wait 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 it is now 2006, and we have advancements. And, uh-huh. and he's re- reviewing the case, and he's like, wait, they took DNA. There was DNA left on that steering column and on her dress. From that, they were able to build a partial DNA profile. And in that profile, it show, it, it concludes that if it is to match someone, okay, the chances of it not being correct would be one in 100 billion. Oh, wow. Okay, so like... When we have a match, we have this DNA profile. So you're telling me there's a chance. (laughs) Yes. Yes. In 100 billion of a chance. Yes. So they've got the profile Mm -hmm. on the person. Mm -hmm. And now all they need is the match. Yep. And it's 2006. So we we can build that profile. Isn't this amazing, though? The actions of one person being like, hey, there's some DNA here. Because what if he wouldn't have done that? Right. Probably would still be sitting there. If that cold case tip hadn't made him open that file back up and review it and realize, oh, wait, oh, oh there's oh, DNA that has, got we've got advances up. now. Mm-hmm. So they've got this profile. And what they do is they put it into CODIS, which if you're not, not um, familiar, it's a combined DNA uh, index system. So love me some CODIS. Love CODIS. So it's sitting in CODIS, essentially just waiting for mm-hmm. a match. Eventually more than 125 people had their DNA swabbed. To basically rule them out. Mm-hmm. And it was compared against the samples taken from the scene. And they were all cleared of suspicion, including her ex-boyfriend, her ex-boyfriends. They voluntarily gave their DNA to be cleared. Okay, so they're you know, cleared. For 27 years, it was Andy Sedell that many people in his town, thought, oh, including so, her parents, mm-hmm. thought had likely killed her. The detective was like, listen giving it will will 100% clear you and they were like yes let's do this even though they passed a polygraph mm-hmm. you know now we have much stronger evidence to So he was them. willing to do this he he's was. like absolutely It took 27 years but he was finally able to see I told you bitches yeah. I didn't do it I don't blame him I'm glad he did it to mm-hmm. clear his name that would have been horrible to live with everyone thinking it might be you Yes Now remember how I told you detective Harry Dillinger er, sorry detective Harvey Denlinger I was way off <laughs> Samsonite. <laughs> wow. Um, I was so way off. <laughs> Harvey Denlinger was the original detective on the case, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in 2015, his son, Matt Denlinger, is now a detective. And he gets put on the case 36 years after his father had started it. Oh. Isn't that crazy? That is. In 2017, a company specializing in DNA phenotyping was hired to create additional images of the killer based solely on DNA clues about facial appearance and ancestry. Have you ever seen that happen? Where they're like, yeah, we took this DNA and now we've made a face out of it. It is remarkable. That's amazing. It's remarkable. I have the pictures that I will try to remember to post. It's so cool that they can do that. They have these these pictures, this picture of like, this is who this person, this is what this person would have looked like. And then there is a photo of the actual killer that we find in a minute of, of him younger. And it's amazing. I'm like, well, yep, that's. It's like exact. That's who that person is. That's so cool. It's weird how we can, you know. I love DNA me some phenotyping. DNA. 
ever since Jurassic Park with that little DNA strand. Like, yes. Yeah, it's just so cute. Now, the images looked considerably different from the 1980 composite sketch and showed a man with blonde hair and blue eyes instead of the brown hair and brown curl, you know, brown like eyes and brown curly song. hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The company also produced um, approximations of how the man would have aged in years since the crime. So now a press conference happens and the new image is shared. A former classmate of Michelle exclaimed that the face looked like another one of their classmates. Oh, I bet the killer is like sharding his pants right there are streaks yeah there are there are i think moist undergarments at this point happening but the classmate had actually been investigated and was cleared based on the dna swab from several years before when they were able to you know get that matching profile the police received more than 100 tips following the release of the new images the DNA um, phenotyping company took the data that they had collected the year before and entered it into GEDmatch, a public genealogy website that had been used by law enforcement to solve other cold cases, most famously that of the Golden State Killer. Yes. Yes. GEDmatch returned one person who shared DNA markers with the suspect in Michelle's murder, and it determined her to be likely the killer's second cousin once removed. The company created a family tree starting with four sets of the women's great-great-grandparents and reported that the killer was most likely deceased from one of those, uh, was most likely descended. Totally different things. (laughs) Very much so. (sighs) So the killer is a descendant of one of these couples. In in other words, so they're making this family tree. Yep, yep. Now, an investigator with the Cedar Rapids Police Department contacted the DNA testing um, members of the two branches of the family tree and eliminated those branches as containing, pertaining to the killer. So, Mm -hmm. like, they're, like, contacted them and then was able to do a process of elimination. Mm -hmm. He then contacted a member of a third branch, and a DNA test determined that they were the first cousins with the killer. That narrowed the suspects down to a set of three brothers who had grown up in Manchester, Iowa. We are getting so close I can barely stand it. I'm like, yeah. Can you feel it? Uh Tell me more. I got it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The The, three brothers. The brothers were placed under surveillance and investigators began to attempt to collect their DNA secretly. Cans, Um, butts, like that kind of stuff. Cigarette butts. The cans and the butts. You're on it, Amber. (laughs) Of all the examples. (laughs) What I meant was pop cans and cigarette butts. Sure. All right. Yes. But it really came out wrong. <laughs> they are telling they me about the cans and the butts. Eagerly searching for the cans and the butts. On October 29th, 2018, one of the FBI investigators observes, observes a brother, Jerry Lynn Burns, drink multiple sodas. There's your cans. Oh. Using a plastic straw. Was he like, drink up, Jerry? <laughs> I think he was, Amber. Drink under surveillance. Drink up. <laughs> She's stretching out her arm and lifting it up ever so slightly. Yes, Jerry. Yes, yes. Jerry. Take another sip. Drink, my pretty. <laughs> so when Burns disposed of the straw, the investigator collected it and tested it for DNA. The tests tests eliminated the other two brothers as suspects, but the DNA from Burns' straw matched the blood found on her clothing. Ding, 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 ding. So we have so, our we have our man. Insert Jerry Lynn Burns. Insert him where? <laughs> right into Satan's ear hole because that's where he belongs. Woohoo! So we've yep. got a match. Oh my we gosh! Do. I bet they were so excited. I'm going to tell you a little bit about old Jer Burns. Yeah, let's hear about him. He drinks pop with a straw, so Out of a that. can. Out of a can. If you do that, write us and tell us why. Because <laughs> I'm curious. Please, please reach out. It is called Crime Curious. Email us, crimecurious at yahoo.com. I drink out of a straw can. I teep. And here's why. <laughs> I drink pop out of a can with a straw, and here's why. Yeah. It makes me less gassy. Listen, if you don't want to be flagellant, Okay. Okay, so right. tell us a little bit about Jer. Well, Jer Burns was born December 23rd, 1953. He was 25 years old when he killed Michelle in December 1979. He grew up in Manchester, Iowa, graduated from West Delaware High School in 1972. He lived in Manchester at the time of his arrest in 2020 and owned a powder coating business in the city. 
He had worked for John Deere and co-owned a truck stop. Burns had previously been married to Patricia Burns, who died in 2008 from suicide. Burns, oh. Burns' cousin, Brian Burns, went missing on December 19th, 2013, and he's still not been found. And although Burns' arrest in Michelle's case raised questions about those two incidents, uh-huh. her suicide and the cousin um, going missing, police don't believe that he was involved in either one. At this time. I mean, he was arrested in 2020, so Mm -hmm. maybe there someday be more on that. Maybe. Do we Um, have a why? Do we have a why? Hold on. Oh, sorry. We'll get there. Just On December 19th, 2018, investigators went to Burns' business in Manchester, Iowa, to interview him. He refused to voluntarily provide a sample of DNA. He was compelled to do so with a search warrant. Mm, So initially, when asked, he was not going to voluntarily give his DNA. And then once they were like, that's fine. We'll just get a warrant. We'll get a little and warrant. And now you'll have to give us that old DNA, Jer. BRB. Yeah. So they did. His hands and arms were actually examined for scars possibly left that were sustained possibly by the attack because she oh, fought back yeah. hard and they knew that yeah. based on the amount of blood that so was So they left. found some scars even then. They did not say that they found them, but they looked for them. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. Burns maintained that he did not know Michelle, that he was not there when she died. Now, an investigator later testifies that Burns did not specifically deny killing Michelle, just said that he doesn't know her and he was not there when she died. Okay? Mm. So if it's a random act of murder, you didn't know her and you left her for dead. Those are two different things. This is true. I wasn't there when she died and I didn't know her. He's not lying. He didn't say, I didn't kill her. Yeah. You were correct. He was not able to provide an explanation for why his DNA would have been present at the crime scene. And according to one investigator, Burns showed almost no emotion during the interview, even when he was eventually told that he was being arrested. When asked if he had killed someone um, that night in 1979, Burns repeatedly told investigators, test the DNA. They're when, like, we did. Yeah. <laughs> when the DNA sample was tested and it matched the blood sample found at the crime scene, they were like, so we took your advice. Right. <laughs> Turns out you are the one in 100 billion yeah. match. <laughs> Jerry's like, oh, crap. Um, right. I, yeah, I got nothing. On December 19th, 2018, exactly 39 years after Michelle's murder, Burns was arrested and charged with first degree murder. He entered a plea of not guilty. His trial was originally scheduled for October 14th, 2019, but in September, the defense requested a delay in order to gather more evidence and interview witnesses. The defense also requested a trial to be moved out of Lynn County based on the amount of attention the case had received over the past four decades, as well as pervasive and prejudicial pretrial publicity. Mm. The prosecution did not resist either request, and the trial was rescheduled for February 10th, 2020 in Scott County. Okay, so they did move it. Yep. You can move it, but they're going to follow. In pre-trial hearings, Burns' attorney claimed that police needed a search warrant to gather his DNA from the discarded straw, but the judge determined that discarded property cannot reasonably be considered private. He was just trash digging, nothing more, nothing less. I'm a garbage panda going dumpster diving. That's all it was. He no was big deal. Probably singing that song too. Dumpster like, diving is perfectly acceptable. Sure is. That's all he was doing. The defense also requested that evidence pertaining to Burns' cell phone browser history be suppressed. Weird. Why would you want that? Why? Right. Sounds suspicious. Somebody's got some skeletons. Yeah, yeah. Investigators had reviewed Burns' 2018 internet searches and found that he regularly visited websites showing blonde women being raped, stabbed, and strangled, to which depicted sexual intercourse with murder victims. Oh. Cool, Jer. Wow. You're a stand-up guy. I'm also sickened that there's websites out there. Yeah. I don't care what your the fetish is. Dark it's web. not okay. No. 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 The rape, raping and murdering. Nope. No. 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 The judge determined the search history was not usable in the trial trial due to the decades of time separating the murder and the searches. Okay. 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 <laughs> All we have to say to that. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> After two days of jury selection, the murder trial began on February 12th, 2020. Just before the old COVID hit. Yeah, the prosecution. 
It's so I keep yes. having to remember, like, this is, like, Recent. just solved. The prosecution emphasized the unlikelihood of the DNA evidence matching someone other than the person who left it at the scene. Remember the one in 100 mm-hmm. billion chance? The doctor who performed Michelle's autopsy and investigators in the original case were all now retired, took the stand to testify to how the investigation was conducted and to the cause of death. The defense argued that DNA evidence had been mishandled and that different articles of clothing from the scene should not have been stored together in one evidence bag. Prosecutors also played a video of police interview of Burns in which he denied being at the crime scene on the night of Michelle's murder and could not explain how his DNA had been found at the scene. They also played a later recording after Burns' arrest in which Burns questioned whether he could have blacked out the memory of committing the crime. So he's just like spitballing with the investigators like, hmm, let me ponder. What can I come up with here? Do Um, you think I could have blocked out the memory of committing the crime? And that's why I'm making or watching rape and and murder for pleasure? Yeah, I'm going to say probably not, Jer. Probably not. I'm over him. The defense brought only one witness. That's what I said. The defense brought a witness. (laughs) Okay. A self just uh just a uh, witness, a self-described forensic DNA consultant who testified on the possibility that police could have mishandled the evidence. He stated that Burns' DNA could have been at the scene due to secondary transfer, such as skin cells transferring to an article of clothing when someone brushes up against another person. Although he clarified that this was not his opinion that this is what was happening in the this case. He's just saying, it yeah, happen. Some he could schlep skin off onto her dress, <laughs> like that's that's essentially. There could be some schlepping. I love that how he's. I love how he's like. I'm not saying this, this is what happened right. here, but I'm letting you know as that we do schlep DNA everywhere we go. That's basically their only. That was that's literally their only defense that testified to. Like, I just envision them literally saying that, like that's all we got. That's a, yeah, like hey, skin cells. Thank you. Have a schle- good. Evening. It was That's winter, it. dry skin, you he know, was schlepping. He was schlepping that skin right off. It ended up on her dress when he walked by her at the mall. I don't know. The judge is like, Do you have anything else? And they're like, No. And we rest we our don't. case. That's it. <laughs> no, because we literally have his DNA. On Even her they're dress like, Okay, he did wheel. it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Prosecutors called a criminalist to contradict the defense's one witness. The criminalist said that the storage of the clothing was not unusual, and Burns' defense team objected to the wording of one of the prosecution's questions, which they claimed implied um, that Burns' blood had been at the scene. Now, the defense requested the case be declared a mistrial as a result, but the judge denied the request and asked the prosecutor to rephrase the question. Like, Mm. okay, the blood was there, but we can't say that it was blood. We have to keep saying it was DNA. Uh, yep. So on February 24th, 2020, after three hours of deliberation, the jury found Jerry Lynn Burns guilty of first-degree murder of Michelle. Not too long for the jury. Now, the Iowan law mandates a life sentence without the possibility of parole for first-degree first degree murder. So on May... I'm glad. Right. Thank you, Iowa. Golf clap Props for you. to you. We like it. On May 29th, 2020, Burns' attorney filed a motion asking for a new trial claiming his constitutional and state rights were violated and that the court made a mistake in overruling the request for evidence to be suppressed. Hmm. Okay. On August 7th, 2020, Burns was sentenced to life in prison without parole. And in September, he filed a notice of of appeal, but it was denied. So Burns is currently imprisoned in the Anamosa State Penitentiary? Yeah. You are awarded no points. Sorry, honey, but your appeal was denied. Now, the other theory, this one really gave me a little, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) You literally did that, didn't you? I I did. (laughs) When you saw it. When I read it. (laughs) Another another theory proposed of how his DNA got in there Mm -hmm. was that, why, by God, he was a mechanic. What if he had worked on that vehicle? Well, by golly gee. Oh, yeah, don't is, say. That is some luck, but how did it end up on her dress, baby yeah. doll? Yeah. I just don't see how it's on the front. On the front. The mm-hmm. frontal part of her dress, because unless she was literally slithering f- through her vehicle. She's like, let me get under the hood with you and see what's going on. <laughs> like, Or like even, 
Let me get on your back. The front of her dress is is just slithering on the driver's seat if he had drove it as a mechanic. And there's nothing proving, there's no record to show that that vehicle was ever worked on worked on mm-hmm. in the same mechanic shop that he worked at. So, Sorry. But, but again, Sorry, I, come again. I just want to let you know the science is saying one in 100 billion of a chance that we're wrong and that this isn't your DNA, but it matches the profile perfectly. So he never admitted to this. He no. never, like, he's still, he's still saying the, he's innocent. He The closest thing he came to, to was, perhaps I've blocked out the memory while I was committing the crime. I really hope he said it that way, too. I, I just, I like, gotta give he him. He has to say it that way. He's just such a schmuck that I feel like I need to give him some sort of voice. But Absolutely. That is That was literally. Wow. And they played that recording during the trial where he's like, oh, I could have. What? Maybe. Shit. Um, what if I did it and blocked it out? Oh I freaking gosh. hate it when I get blackout murderous. I, I picture him with one of those like little looking glass things with, and the mustache when you say it in just, the accent. Like, just speculating. Perhaps. Perhaps when I was a mechanic, that's how my DNA ended up in there. Yep, that's how it went. Absolutely. Or, or I just blocked it out. So, question. How old was this man when he... 24. And then how old was he when he was convicted? Oh, well. Oh, so, sorry. Make me and my me questions. Do the damn math. He was born in 1953, and it happened in 2020. So I want you to carry the mm, two. Carry the two. And let me get my calculator out here. So he's 67 years old. He was 25 years old when he killed Michelle. I might have said 24 a minute ago. I, I meant 25. So he's 25 when he... Killed her, and he was 67 when he was convicted. Did he know her? Oh, the other thing is that I did read a quote, too, where he was like, um, somebody testified that he had said in prison it didn't matter because um, he won anyway because he got away with it for so long. Wow, that just makes me really mad. Listen, Jerry, I hope that the prison prison men are making you their bitch Absolutely, Jerry. Just, we're throwing it into the universe. We're throwing his asshole in the universe. <laughs> <sighs> it's out there floating around. That's what happens when you murder people. Oh my goodness. So, so it took 40 years, but because Michelle fought like hell during her attack, causing the attacker to cut off in the process, she eventually helped solve her own case. She did. Karma strikes wins again. again. So Jerry, did he, I mean, was there ever a connection with him knowing her? Or was no. it a random stupid it's act? A, and, and quite frankly, who else is out there as a random murder of his? No, and it wasn't sexually motivated. It literally is like, that's why when he when he's like, well, perhaps I blocked the memory out when I murdered her. Like he just would have possibly these murder sprees. Like there is no, that. So also odd. the defense didn't really hone in on that like there's no connection it was ran it looked so personal Uh uh-huh but there was really no connection but it is quite possible that he had hit on her and she denied his advances just like our other case oh oh, i mean think about it they could have you know like in the mall or something yes because she worked at the in the mall so what if he knew where she worked had kind of watched her she had been denying his advances. It made him angry, and he took out his revenge. That's my theory. It could be. I mean, it's just such a random, odd thing. Right, because I mean, she's not going to – she was a gorgeous girl. She's not going to tell everybody about every man that hits on her, mm-hmm. you know. So I try not to tell people about it because I'm awkward as hell. Like the other day, a guy told me I had beautiful eyes and asked me if they were real, and my response was, well, they're not glass. Nice. I realize now he meant contacts. Oh, Are they colored yeah. contacts? <laughs> I walked away like That's, fucking contact Chanel. He I was, love it. Yeah. But instead, what do I come up with? <coughs> well, they're not they're glass. glass. <laughs> and I said it like in a deep trucker voice. Like, I, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Just say, yep, they're mine. And walk away. Like, say thank you and, and leave. Like, why, yep, why yep. do you have to be so awkward? I get it. We speak the same language. <laughs> so, yeah, it took, took me a full 10 seconds to realize he meant contacts. Not it's okay. my actual eyeballs. <laughs> so, like, she, it's possible that she just doesn't mention to people. I mean, she's, you know, beautiful girl, getting hit on all the time. It's the 70s, you know? Mm-hmm. In that time, men were pretty forward. 
Not to say they aren't now, but it could be. Or now just, women are really forward. I mean, maybe gracious. the intent was to rape. I mean, if he's watching all this stuff, like maybe he was thinking of doing yep, this and or it, and just like our other case, who knows? It didn't work, and you know, whatever. I yeah, I don't know. She fought back, mm-hmm. and oh mm-hmm. my goodness, I'm glad they solved it though. This is <sighs> I'm too. I'm so grateful that years. I loved justice. Be able to wrap us up with you know a good good solved case, but. He does still maintain, I think, I would think after 67 years, it, it not 67 years, excuse me, after 40 years or so, it, it is pretty, over 40 years, easy to uh, try to deny, you know, but guy, like, one in 100 billion chance that this isn't your DNA. I won anyway because I got away with mm-hmm. it for so long. Mm-hmm. Oh, got to live that doesn't life, get you. Her, in the one of the documentaries, her siblings or her sister, excuse me, and brother-in-law, were like, they're happy to see it close, but they are sad that their parents died believing that it was Andy. I am sad for that as me well. Too. And for him, and for that guy too. Like that would be a, have a horrible burden to have to live with for that long, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, so that is the horrible case of Michelle. Um, now it's either Martinko or Martinko. Again, I heard it both ways, mm-hmm. so I don't want to pretend like I know. I'll just present it both ways to you. So so thankful for DNA. Mm, I know, and I think more to come on that, guys. Oh, for I sure. I really do. Uh, are we ready for a brain bath? Oh, yeah. Now, Very ke- much so. Keeping in our, with our karma theme like we did with the last case, I'm going to bring you more funny karma stories to cleanse your, mm. your gray matter today. Let's see. I want to find one that's not a video because I keep finding videos, which will do our listeners no good. <laughs> I mean, you and I <laughs> you are correct. Them, but. Okay, so this is a post on Facebook under a girl's name. The girl's name has been blocked out and her picture, okay? Okay. But this is the post. So this is back when Facebook would say, like, you know, Charnel is currently podcasting. Yes. Okay. Yep, yep. So this says... Blankety blank, because it's redacted. Redacted is, we'll just call her redacted. There we go. Redacted is a mean little girl who does not pay for taxis and runs instead, but is stupid and leaves her phone in the car for the driver to take it and post on your Facebook. (laughs) She's driver is literally posting this on her Facebook. If you want the phone, you will pay for the taxi. This is my living. Someone wrote underneath it, is this real life? Someone else writes, obviously, what else would it be? (laughs) That's good. I wonder, did she, she get her did phone? Did she pay? Like, yeah. Like, okay, here's your $5.75 for the taxi ride. Can I Can have I my, my $900 phone? phone back now? Yeah. I love it. That's creative thinking on the driver's part. Right. I will just get into the phone and I will post on her Facebook. Always a good thing to do. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This one's funny. Here, Laura. All right. This happened a couple of days ago. A guy was in his base BMW 3 series. Oh, boy. I don't even know what base means. Like, B-A-S-E. Okay, something fancy beyond Listen, it's his boss-ass BMW 3 series, and it got stuck in a turn lane or turn-only lane. He cut someone off, and the car behind him honked at him. Now, at that point, he stopped and parked his car. Keep in mind, this is during traffic time. Oh, lovely. He gets out, started walking towards the car that he cut off. Little did he know, there was a police SUV, two to three cars behind him. As soon as the guy started walking towards the car, the officer turned on his lights. Great justice was had that day, and yes, he did look like the typical law doesn't apply to me douchebag. I'm, feel, I'm seeing like a popped collar and maybe a visor. Yeah, I don't know. maybe overgrown muscles, but you know where to go with them. <laughs> yes. You know, you just hate that. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. when you see people and you're like, you you know, you could skip arm day and do a couple of leg do, days. Do some lunges. And they're like walking like one shoulder and then the other and then the other first. Like, why is your shoulder reaching me before the rest of your body? Yeah, ban- balance it out a little bit. Calm down friend. with the shoulder muscles, buddy. Mm-hmm. I bet the crowd cheered. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure I would have. Oh, yes, Absolutely. me too. Then the officer would have been like, lady, Tone calm down. down. <laughs> so another one says, I was in high school. Oh, this is on cheeseburger.com, by the way. I forgot to cite my sources. That's a fun site. I was in high school, and this huge guy used to threaten me all the time. I didn't take his shit, and that just made it worse. Constantly threatened me, trying to start stuff, etc. I got to go and testify get against him at his last 
death penalty sentencing oh, trial. Wow. I did not see this going um, to this level. I know. He killed an older couple. He's going to rot in jail. It's oh. <laughs> literally what it says. That uh-huh. is like the mic drop of right? karma. Like it doesn't even get any. This is funny. If he ever escapes, dot, 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 I'm on his list. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. But I mean, you want to talk about, you know, you're bullied by this guy all the time. And this then you're just like, me. <laughs> and he's writing in. Like, I, I got think, to testify against I'm him. I'm thinking it's like another job interview, but nope. nope. <laughs> I got to be in for his death sentencing. Death sentencing. Oh his death God. penalty sentencing trial. He killed an older couple. That's my favorite. I didn't see it coming. So it must be he didn't get the death penalty because it said he's going to rot in jail. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm just imagining that's how that That is karma. Him. Like, that's the final boss of karma. Yeah. Like, it's we good night, sure. folks. Like, For that's sure. It. Like, there's no other, like, eh. Karma. Yep. Guess, we got nothing guess else. Guess you're not such a bully now, huh? <laughs> oh, gosh. So. That this, was good. This one is, um, this one's funny, too. This is not my story, but my mom's. And just so you guys know, this is not Charnel's story or her mom's. Thank you I for clarifying. I was reading that for, straight from cheeseburger.com. Apparently, when she was a young lass, oh, shoot, I should be doing an accent. (laughs) There was a girl at school who, there's no way I can do an accent to all these words. Fair enough. Just picture it in your mind, everyone. Scottish accent. Apparently, when she was a young lass, there was a girl at school who was always a major bitch to her. Hated my mom for whatever reason and always made fun of her. Fast forward to my mom as a college-aged woman now dating a guitarist from Bob Marley's band. Mm-hmm. That's right. Out at a bar with him getting a drink. Dude goes to the bathroom and said, bitch from, bitch from back in the day comes up to my mom and says, OMG, did you see who is here? At that moment, the dude comes, puts his arm around my mom and says, hey, babe, what's happening? Yes. She said she look, the look on the girl's face was priceless. God, why can't that happen By to me? By troll. I know. That would be such a That's cool just, moment. Seriously. You know? Those bullies back in school and you could just be like, yeah, he's with me. I love how she writes, too. The dude goes to the bathroom and said, bitch, bitch from-, from back <laughs> in the day comes up to my mom. Bitch from I back love in it. the day. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That, that was would, good. That, wouldn't that just be amazing? Oh. To be like, yeah, I did see who's here. That's he's right. He's with me. Okay. That's, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay. Anyway. Thank you. Bye bye. Right. Also, good. your hair is frizzy. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, okay. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that little those, good those brain baths. The case. Uh, please follow us on our socials. Remember our drawing, our August drawing for reviews. If you want to oh, pop, it's going to be so good. Pop a review on there. You'll get put in the drawing. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, and we'll have some murdery merch for you. This basket. It's going to be revealed. One couple days. Yeah, or yeah, we're gonna yeah. yeah follow us on socials because we will be posting pictures of it. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be pretty. All right. Well, until then, you guys. Um, we hope that you keep it curious, cautiously curious, reasonably curious. Stay alive, and keep listening. And we will talk to you again on Sunday. Bye bye.